Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Happy Monday to everybody. We're a few days into fall camp for the LSU Tigers, and they hit the practice field on Sunday for the first time in pads. They were chased inside due to some lightning, but we're going to kind of recap some of the initial impressions uh, from LSU fall camp, and also we're going to lead off with the big news that opened fall camp with number 18 uh, being awarded to two LSU Tigers, Caleb on Chasson and Lloyd Cushenberry. With me, Billy Embody, to do that is Sonny Ship and Shay Dixon. Boys, how was the weekend? Always good when you got a little football, huh? About time. It's about time. And, uh, well, let's jump right in, I think. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do, right? Uh, Cushenberry. LSU center, uh, really somebody that emerged last year uh, as somebody that was a question mark going in, and and he became one of the leaders on that offensive line. Uh, Sonny, I thought this was, um, and I think this year was kind of not necessarily a slam dunk for anybody to wear number 18, but I I thought they picked one of the stronger leaders and more well-respected guys on the team uh, in Cushenberry um, right off the bat with, with, with him being number 18. Yeah, I think he had a lot of guys. I think he had a lot of guys who were, um, who were, you know, I don't want to say eligible, but good candidates to to fill the number eighteen role. And when you look at when you look at Lloyd Cushenberry, he's probably one of the guys that not many really gave a whole lot of thought to. But you know, I think the writing was on the wall when he was chosen to go to SEC Media Days. And I go back to when Cushenberry was a true freshman. Uh, for those who don't remember his recruitment. You know, he was a late addition on signing day to uh, after after being committed to South Carolina the summer before his senior year at Dutchtown High School, and a guy that not many people had really looked at in any other way. Of okay, LSU had a spot, so they just gave it to a, a guy who's close to Baton Rouge. But now all of a sudden, you go back and look at and look at how his career has progressed. He started out as a true freshman. He was a guy that Les Miles and, and, and former LSU offensive line coach Jeff Grimes talked up in fall camp. They said, this guy's going to be really good. We think this guy's going to be really good. He was he was undersized coming out of Dutchtown. He's added the weight. He's added the muscle. He slid into that starting role last year. I think he was one of the one of the one of the best uh, centers in the SEC last year. I know Pro Football Focus graded him very highly off of that season, and then that was a springboard into what he he could be up. He should be up for all SEC honors by the end of this year if he plays like he did last year. And I think he's a guy. Ed Orgeron said this is a guy who's going to get drafted. He's going to play on Sundays, and when you lump all of that stuff in together. I mean, the end result is a number 18 for your center that is, uh, you know, that that is a very high, uh, you know, I think a very nice reward and a lot of high praise for a guy like him. Yeah, and, and for me, when you look at Lloyd on the practice field, and we'll talk more about how the guys actually looked a little bit later, but, man, he, he looked like he had put on a, a good bit of muscle mass over the summer. And he's somebody that, as we look at offensive linemen now, is a prime example that just because you're light coming out of high school doesn't mean you're not going to be good. That might actually be a good thing because of how athletic he's shown himself to be. And, yeah. and speaking of you know true athletes, I mean, Caleb on Chasson, 
the other number 18, who will be the one that actually wears the, the true jersey because Lloyd can't uh, on the field this fall. And he's, you know, when you coming out of North Shore High School out of the Houston area, five-star prospect, 4-5-40 type guy, um, long, athletic, now has bulked up. Um, we, we sat down with him uh, for his first interview as an LSU Tiger on, on Saturday. And, I mean, you can see why uh, somebody like him ended up being the other number 18 selection this year. I mean, just really, really insightful. You can tell he's a leader, and all he wants to do is get back to playing football, Shay. Yeah, I mean, we saw Chase on. Everybody knows the story now. He came to campus. I guess it was after his sophomore season. He had been playing some basketball. He was back on the North Shore football team. But uh, he had come with Eric Monroe, who ultimately committed and signed with LSU. But uh, Orgeron was a D-line coach then. He worked him out, uh, said that um, basically Caleb had showed up without cleats, without anything. And he said, OK, look, here, get some stuff together. Let's see you work out. They offered on the spot his first offer. Uh, we know he had an eventful signing kind of stretch and, and then inked with the Tigers. And we had him, look, 24-7 had him at 11 in the country. The composite had him at 37 in the country. So you get everybody thought he was the real deal. We were a little bit higher on him. And uh, now that I think in, in a way we feel not validated, but a little bit better about him going into number 18, right? I was talking uh, the other day with Barton Simmons about this is that uh, it's clear from last year going into fall camp in the season that Orgeron was out front and said, 12, 13 sacks, a single season record, something that Arden Key had been shooting for. He said that, look, Caleb Vaughn can do it. He can break that. Uh, it's a sack a game. He came out in Miami game. I think he had a sack and a half, uh, gets injured and misses a whole year. Uh, and now this year, Caleb Vaughn says, look, I'm stronger than ever. I'm obviously more physically matured. I know the game plan, the uh, playbook. Uh, and really, it's giving him the number 18, I think, is a vote of confidence that uh, he's a leader on this defense and one that has a lot of them. I mean, like Grant Delpit. So uh, I wasn't I didn't have him in my running as guys that, you know, would land in number 18 as a junior who didn't play last year um, and sort of kind of played here and there, you know, as a freshman. But uh, I understand the choice after talking to some of his teammates. They said that uh, every day Chase on was there during his injury, never you know put his head down, motivated the team. They go to a New Year's Six Bowl and win. Uh, and now they sort of get to unleash the beast. And uh, look, Michael Divinity told me yesterday, he said, people are people are going to forget how good Calevon is. And we've seen Dave Aranda say it before. When Calevon's on the field, his whole game plan gets to change. So uh, I think this is a guy who has a chance to get seven, eight, nine, maybe more sacks and uh, be one of the more dominant edge rushers in the conference. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I, I mean, you just look at him and in terms of his himself physically, he's just put together. I mean, he's stronger. I mean, he was just, I remember him coming in. I mean, yeah, he kind of looked not like Desmond Little out there that, that we saw over the weekend, but certainly lean. And now he's just, he, he just looks like a man. I mean, I, I will say this about the entire team uh, from talking with Terrace Marshall. And, uh, you know, that's a good example for me. Um, and, and a lot of these linebackers and, and certainly nose tackles like Siaki Yaika and, and Tyler Shelvin, this team for the most part really looks like they took the weight room really seriously this summer. Um, I think there was some some guys that have certainly lost some weight, um, bulked up like Terrace did, and, and really just embraced the weight room. I mean, uh, both of you, I mean, whoever wants to chime in first, I, I think this team, uh, compared to last year, for the most part, looks like they stepped up in the weight room. Um, and Chase Hahn's just the one that really stood out to me over the weekend. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll tell you what, a couple of guys that uh... – you know, we we can start with Chase on at that outside linebacker position, and you just look at that group as a whole. Trevez Moore, I know he play, only played four games last year. The light never really came on as far as his ability to to rush the passer, in which we expected that. Look, former Bastrop head coach uh, Brad Bradshaw, when Trevez Moore was at up at Bastrop in high school, he said when he was bringing him down to LSU camps as a sophomore, he said, you look at this guy right here, and physically he looks like he could play college football right now. He said, but he added, the only problem right now is that he's played safety, he's played defensive end, he's played linebacker, he's played everywhere you could think of, but he's never settled in at a position. So he's never learned the position. So the mental side, the technical side, is something that he's just he's got to grasp. And Moore didn't qualify. He goes to junior college. Same thing. Didn't play a ton in junior college up there. And then when he gets to LSU last year, played in four games. He was able to redshirt. But you look at this guy. Man, this guy looks like he should be playing on Sundays right now. He's cut. I mean, just chiseled the way that you draw it, the way that you draw him up. And if his production can, if he can get half the production this year to match that body, then I think he's a guy who can really, really, um, you know, improve his stock and give himself a chance to play on Sundays because the, the sky's the limit. There's so much untapped potential. Then you go to Ray Thornton. I mean, Ray Thornton, he's a guy that, you know, we've, we talk and we laugh about Donnell Hunter, some of the picks from fall camp Shay, I know you remember these and you look at Ray Thornton and I mean, that dude's got some huge arms. He just looks good. And you know, you go on down the list. Mo Hampton was out there on Sunday, man, that kid, that's a big true freshman right there out there with a club on his hand. So those are some guys that really jumped out at me, but I think there's a ton of them. I really think this team is in phenomenal shape from a physical standpoint. You know, I think that two guys, and, and I'm just jumping around at some guys who probably needed to make uh, either gains or, or losses, I think. Apu Ike and Tyler Shelvin are two that Orgeron's talked a lot about that were just heavy to the point where you worried if they could give you a full game, let alone, you know, a full season. Uh, both those guys have trimmed down a bit. I don't think Tyler Shelvin or Apu Ike are ever going to be 320-something pounds, but uh, having them in that 340 range, which it looks like by 
uh, the time they get rolling in the season, both of them will be uh, is good because they want to rotate those guys uh, sort of back and forth. Um, I look at the running back spot. Uh, Chris Curry has put on some muscle from last year. Ty Davis was, we always knew he was a big kid. It's clear he's starting to tone up. Uh, I think he's probably even lost a little bit of weight. Uh, so he's looking good out there. Uh, you bring back so many veteran receivers or, or guys that have been in the program. And now Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, uh, all these guys look uh, like the real deal. And uh, then I say, we, we didn't mention him, but this is obvious from the spring and it jumps out against the fall. Derek Stingley might be one of the better looking kids on the team. And I think he just turned 18 like last week, basically. So I, he continues to impress me. I know that uh, we talk about him sort of nonstop, but uh, this kid, as Delpit said this week, this kid is the absolute real deal. Um, people talk about freshmen needing to get adjusted. Uh, he said, there's none of that. All that happened in the spring. Uh, there's no reason to believe that he won't be their starting punt returner. their starting cornerback opposite uh, of Christian Fulton and probably one of the better young players uh, in the country, you know, right away um, as a freshman this fall. And, and boy, he <laughs> physically just looks the part I, I, in a room. When you look at the newcomers, Cordell Flott, who I think is going to play some, but Jay Ward, Ray Darius Jones, uh, none of those guys look like Derek Stingley does. And, and then you toss in how athletic he is. I, I just think he's an absolute game changer. I think he's probably going to be one of the, you know, five, 10 best players on the team this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, just, and, and kind of in going into his senior year at Dunham, I remember just looking at him in fall camp and you get, and, and you can just see it. Like he is, he was ready going into his senior year at Dunham to probably, if they, if LSU didn't have Greedy Williams and Christian Fulton, he probably could started for LSU last year. I mean, he's that talented. He he just put in so much work this summer. It's a big credit to him. Cordell Flott hung out with him a lot this summer in terms of doing extra too. So good on him uh, for doing that as well. And look, I mean, as Sonny mentioned these outside linebackers. They're going to be a part of this this green team package. That is, of course, all the buzz. It's such a training camp type uh, storyline where you hear about this pass rushing group that Ed Ogeron and Dave Aranda and that crew have developed to rush the passer, something they desperately needed to improve on last year. Uh, Kalevon Chasson, obviously going to be on it. Uh, Sonny, you saw that group that looked like on Sunday kind of line up and, and take some reps. Uh, touch on some of the guys there, and, and obviously Kalevon sat out of practice on, on Sunday, but uh, it's an impressive bunch, it looks like. Yeah, an impressive bunch, and you could kind of see what they're. You could kind of see what what Ed Orgeron's looking for. You had Richard Lawrence and Glenn Logan um, inside, flanked by Andre Anthony on one on one end, and on the opposite end was uh, Ray Thornton. And what they're trying to do right there is they're trying to get some pass rushers on the field. And I think you making you know something that Ed Orgeron touched on at the beginning of camp was that. They want to. They need to be able to get a rush with a four-man front, and I think I think some people kind of jump to the conclusion that oh, is LSU going to start transitioning to a four-three look? And I think now we 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 fully see that that's that they're not transitioning to a four-three, but in some packages, particularly when they go in nickel. They're going to they're going to have a four man front, but it's going to be your two outside line, your two rush outside linebackers, and your two defensive linemen who they feel can rush the passer. And we saw that with Logan and Lawrence flanked by Anthony and Thornton. Obviously, 
they're going to have some decisions to make with it with a healthy Braden Fajoko. Do you put Fajoko in there? I, I think Rashard Lawrence and, and Glenn Logan are your two best pass rushers as far as your defensive linemen go. And then on the uh, on the outside, a healthy Caleb on chase on and probably Andre Anthony is going to be your two guys there. And if LSU can get the production that they got from Andre Anthony against that Auburn game, you know, a lot of people remember the the boneheaded um, the boneheaded um, roughing the passer call late in the first half, and that kind of stuck out. But if you went back and if you looked, Andre Anthony had a pretty good game. Five tackles, he was in on a sack. The problem for him, though, was that over the last eight games, he got shut out of the tackle column. And it's not hard in eight games to at least get an assisted tackle. And so he based, you know, he he really went MIA. Now, granted, we saw the emergence of Jacoby Stevens. He started playing a lot more. So so Anthony didn't get as many reps as he got before. But if he can play like he did against Auburn, I think he can give LSU something. I think he can definitely give them something off the off the edge. And if you can get if you've got Chase on on one edge, and if you've got even an above average pass rusher on the other edge. That is going to make uh, that is going to give opposing offensive lines some fits. Yeah, I think it's a real natural natural move for, for LSU to to kind of mix things up with these packages. I think it's a product of their recruiting and and all these different types of players that they've been able to bring in. That's why Michael Divinity's in the middle. That's why we've got Patrick Queen and Jacob Phillips in there battling too. And they've got all these different pieces and they're trying different ways to get them all on the field. And you know, a third down type pass rushing you know package is exactly the way to do that. And, and look, flipping over to the offensive side of the ball, talking with Joe Burrow, uh, he's uh, happy to see Caleb on on back on the field, not necessarily in practice. And, and uh, he's, he was pretty adamant. He wouldn't want to be hit by him in a game, but look, this offense uh, is kind of starting to be designed where they're going to be up tempo. They're going to, they're going to try to catch teams with certain packages on the field and, and really move the ball. I mean, talking with Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall on Saturday, they were saying that, look, I mean, we're, we're getting a little winded out here. They, they're, they're trying to keep up with this, this no huddle attack. Yeah, I think it's good. one of the more intriguing storylines to follow. And, and look, I say this for a number of reasons. I think that Insmere in his second season, uh, second full season as OC, when you've got a returning quarterback and you've got a guy like Joe Brady coming in who you and him are able to bounce concepts off each other, and I think at the end of the day, the most important thing to circle is that Joe Burrow is back as a senior quarterback who led them to a New Year's Six Bowl win last year, who clearly knows how to manage the offense. And they've got a room full of receivers that were all on the team last year. So minus what? Trey Palmer and, and Devonta Lee. So I think that they feel really good about being able to throw a lot at them in fall camp. I mean, Burrow talked about that. You're either... He said, every day more installs are coming and the guys are going to play are the guys that keep up. If you don't keep up, you're getting left behind. And uh, I think they want to go up tempo for a variety of reasons. One, you know, I think it definitely suits the type of guys that they've recruited. They can run as many receivers as you can think of out on the field. I mean, they are deep uh, beyond just a starting group of what you would assume would be Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase and, and obviously Justin Jefferson. And now I've got Stephon Sullivan at tight end. Uh, we've got a lot of kind of different things you can look at to where you would point and say, okay, we feel good about being able to spread the ball all over the field. We've got running backs who can catch it. We've got running backs who can clearly um, kind of shuffle in and out of the game and make a difference. But 
Uh, I also think it comes down to uh, Billy and Sonny is that they want to get the ball out quicker because that means that there's less that the offensive line has to protect, right? And last year, often, they were having to bring guys in to help Max protect. Um, and Jerry Sullivan's kind of wide receiver crew was very much about, you know, route trees, and a lot of them were long developing, and, and there was Joe Burrow can make the throw. It was just, did he have enough time to do it? I think with this, not just going up tempo, but getting the ball and getting it out in you know two, three seconds and, and keeping uh, the offensive line woes or, or worries that could pop up uh, sort of um, at a minimum. You, you know, don't give uh, them a reason to have to sit back there and block Joe Burrow all day. And, and I think that's one thing they've circled. And uh, I think that that's a good thing. It's going to be something that uh, LSU fans were worried a lot about last year. You've got a lot of the O-line back, so you know that they're probably going to be even better. But uh, you're also not asking them to do uh, quite as much in the past game in terms of, you know, keeping him clean for a long amount of time. Yeah. And I think that's one thing when you, th- we, when we talked about the, uh, the guys who looked really good uh, from a physical conditioning standpoint, Sadiq Charles is, is someone who really just jumps out at you. And it's like, man, this guy looks like a, you know, he looks like a guy who NFL scouts are going to come to practice. and They're going to say, man, who is this guy right here? He's not the, he doesn't have the six, six or six, seven height that you see in some left tackles. And he's probably a right tackle in the NFL. But I think from what he looked from where he was last year to this year, I think that's big for LSU. And then on, but on the flip side, you know, you look over at Austin Deculus and, and not trying to knock the guy at all, but he doesn't look like he made nearly the transformation that Charles made um, during the, you know, during the off season. And I think that, you know, where that's going to tie into what you were talking about, Shay, is getting the ball out quicker is going to help Deculus be able to overcome some of the, some of those heavy feet that he showed on the edge last year. And I think that that, it, that that will give him a um, you know a little bit of an advantage that he didn't have last year because he was trying to hold those blocks against speed rushers a lot longer than he's going to be asked to this year. And so when everyone talks about the Joe Brady influence, Joe Brady with the offense, I think that that's one of the biggest positions that he can that he can help with his philosophy and with what he's bringing into the offense is the offensive lineman. I agree. I mean, you know, I think for, for years really too, and not to go off on a tangent here, just to kind of wrap things up, the Saints, I wouldn't say necessarily have an incredible offensive line and haven't really for many, many years. They've always had to pay offensive skill positions and Drew Brees and all of those things. But that ball comes out so quickly, it doesn't matter. They're able to just kind of, you know, obviously do what they do uh, and be one of the most prolific offenses in the in the league. But and, and I don't necessarily think LSU is all of a sudden going to become this juggernaut, but that will help with Burrow being a senior. The offensive line, the question marks, I would say, in pass protection is one of the worst offensive lines in the country last year, uh, p- protecting the quarterback. That'll help them get better. Hopefully for LSU, that'll, that'll figure out things offensively. And with all these skill positions they have coming back, that should lead to an increase in production and, and points per game for sure. But to uh, wrap things up on this podcast, guys, uh, we've got a busy week. 
practice just about every single day at Ogeron Speaks Tuesday night. We'll kind of see where some of these guys stand as a health, uh, in terms of a health update. Guys like Caleb on, guys like Christian Fulton who missed practice on Sunday. Um, Cardell Thomas, Charles Turner, two young freshman offensive linemen that were out on, on Sunday as well. So we'll get some injury updates and kind of see where things stand. But as of right now, it doesn't seem like there's anything serious going on with a lot of these guys. So that's a good thing. Um, fellas, uh, thanks for stopping by on the pod to, uh, to chop it up. Always, Absolutely. Man. Enjoyed it, as always. We're here for you, Billy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, cool, guys. Uh, well, that'll be uh, it for this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll catch you next time as we continue to cover LSU Fall Camp. Plenty more to get to. Player interviews. Ed Ogeron talking with the media on Tuesday. We'll have more of that later this week for you guys. So thanks for tuning in and keep it locked on Go247.com for the latest from LSU Fall Camp.